2018, we finished at 14,225. Uh, end of 2019, we were at 61, uh, basically 61,000. And then end of 2022, we'll probably get this. Is, we're starting to swap to ARR because the numbers are getting larger. But uh, the end of 2020, I think we'll be able to get to 2.4 million ARR. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like... Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Brian Christensen. He's a full-stack developer with a passion for entrepreneurship. He's a father of three little boys, ages six, four, and four. He's married to his lovely wife, Yvette. When he's not working, or uh, he loves reading about various topics, but has a passion for everyday sci-fi and fantasy, now building LimbleCMMS.com, a B2B maintenance management software suite. Brian, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So walk us through the company. Who's buying this, and how are they using it? Yeah, so our typical customer is a facility manager or maintenance manager, and their main pains are they're trying to manage all of this different, uh, like work orders, PMs, all throughout a wide range of different types of equipment. And so they're the primary user that uh, that comes to us and purchases our software. And what do they typically pay you per month on average? Yeah, so right now it's about 335 per month, although we're recently trending like the last three months, it's closer to 500. Okay, and, and walk me through what enables you to charge someone cheaper or more, like 500. Are you upselling seats, upselling by the number of POs per month or what? Yeah, it's all based on seats. And so there, there are different plans. So like the starter plan is cheaper than the enterprise plan, but it's all based on seats. So a pretty traditional SaaS. Why don't you price against any other utility metrics like number of PO orders through the system or things like that? Yeah, we did actually try that with a, a per asset model way early on, and that like worked to get some early adopters. But we found that it just wasn't it, it wasn't as good when it came to trying to to uh, like compare against our other competitors and also raise the overall ACV. And so we'd get some customers that pay us like ten dollars a month and then load up like thirty users and they get tons of value from it. But it was just you know the incentives were misaligned. I see. Interesting. And when did you launch the company? Brian, when did you launch? Uh, the you company? broke up a little bit there. Yeah, back in 2015. So 2015 is go live date. And how much time and energy you spend building up the code and the MVP before your first sale? 
Oh, it took us probably two and a half years. So Limbo's fully bootstrapped. So at the early days, it was literally just me coding at night, trying to like get an MVP. These these type of systems have been around for like, like decades, right? We weren't trying to do anything necessarily new as, when it comes to features. And so there was a, a large run uh, or initial get to, uh, to go to actually get it built. And so it took about two and a half years to get that first paying customer. They were on the per asset plan. They were whopping $12 a month. I was ecstatic. Uh, my wife thought I was kind of crazy uh, <laughs> all these years to get it going. And uh, I mean, how were you paying bills during that time? Yeah. So, well, like when you know how to code, you don't have to pay a developer, right? And so there was just a lot of sweat equity. And then also, I'm really blessed to have my father help um, with, uh, you know, with just a bunch of advice, but also giving us office space. And so um, I was working full time for him in a family company, and he was like, "Okay, if you finish." all of your work for the family company that you can spend all the rest of the time on your other company. And so it was just basically working a lot of 12 hour days. I'd spend four to six hours on the, on the day job. Right. And then I would spend the other, you know, you know, eight to six hours on, you know, just coding and building Limble. And what year was that? So was it 2017 you got your first customer? Yeah, roughly. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. And, um, what, how many customers are you now working with today? Yeah, we're up to about 470 right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So how are you getting customers today? Where are you finding them? Yeah. So a content strategy, so through SEO. And today we're still getting the majority through that way. Um, about a year and a half ago, we started an outbound arm. And so since then, we've uh, made it so that about 30% of our, our deals come from just like cold outreach. Um, but yeah, in the early days, you know, full stack developer, I was kind of shy to call people. You know, it wasn't the typical like biz dev. And so I was like, well, I'm pretty good at SEO. So I'm going to build up, you know, our web presence as I'm actually building the product itself because I knew it was going to take a while. And so those kind of aligned right we were starting to rank well right when um the mvp was starting to get to be something that's for what term pay us for oh cmms cmms software maintenance software maintenance management software there's there's tons of terms out there where it really landed well for us was more around topics not, not necessarily like the money keywords for like cmms software because there's so much competition there but we built stuff like uh the ridiculously simple guide to a pm checklist for example and so if you google i think it's preventative maintenance plan you'll see we rank number one there and so we we ranked really well for a bunch of topics around the space and then we just did the right conversion on those blogs to get them to come check at our, you know, look at our software. And that's typically how we get a lot of our, our inbound leads. Okay. Got it. That makes sense. Do you remember in 2017 when you closed your first customer, do you remember what run revenue was that year? Uh, 2017, you know, I might actually have this right here. I think we ended the year at about 2,800 MRR in 2017. 2,800. Okay. Got it. And in MRR or ARR run rate? Uh, MRR. MRR. And can you bring those forward 2018, 2019 or no? Yeah, 2018, we finished at 14,225. Uh, end of 2019, we were at 61, uh, basically 61,000. And then end of 2022, we'll probably get this. Is, we're starting to swap to ARR because the numbers are getting larger. But uh, the end of 2020, I think we'll be able to get to 2.4 million ARR. And you're what doing about 158 grand a month right now in revenue, something like that. We're doing about 160 grand a month in revenue right now. Yeah, 470 customers times 335 is about about that 160 mark. So you're close. I mean, you're not far off from getting up to 2.1, 2.2. 
Yeah, and we've seen like some really good months the last couple of months. Like last month, we added on about 210k ARR, and so it's it's ramping up well. We a lot of 2020 was just built on systems. Honestly, I didn't think customers were going to buy as much in this year just because of COVID. So we were kind of like, okay, let's actually invest in people and systems. Like we redid our text, uh, redid our sell stack, and we you know did a whole bunch of other stuff because we were assuming, all right, like this is the time to build, build people, build systems, so that in 2021 we can do really well. But um, we've just done really good this year for a variety of reasons. Um, the systems well, what are, are some off those, quicker. Yeah, what are some of those reasons? I mean, if you added 100 grand in new MRR, about 1.2 million in ARR over the past 12 months, what's driven the growth? Yeah, so one of the big things is like a big shout out to our sales team. They're doing absolutely awesome. Um, we redid our entire sales presentation um, really over the last like 14 months or so and really nailed it down on how do we present Limble and how do we talk with the customers to make sure that they're, they feel that their their problems are going to be solved with us. And so that was one big thing. We redid um, our, our sales systems, our sales stack to, to outreach and HubSpot and really made it like before we weren't really using a good CRM or at least least we weren't using HubSpot to the power it could be. And uh, our VP of sales, Jake Westbrook, did a great job setting that all up. And I didn't think it was really going to pay off until 2021, but it started paying off in the middle of the year, which uh, that was a huge help. We were starting to actually get real metrics on like, how are we handling the leads and like, how quickly are we closing them and where is it going wrong? And that, that all factored in a lot. Also, our, our success team has started to do a really good job onboarding people, which has uh, uh, greatly uh, expanded our expansion efforts and made people like basically after the first month or two immediately start upselling. Again, I thought that was actually going to be like uh, pay off six to 12 months in the future or longer, but because they're getting onboarded really well, they're they're upselling even quicker. And so the systems are just paying off quicker than I, uh, I anticipated. How many are on the team today? Uh, we just hired our 31st. And how many quota carrying sales reps? We have four. Well, we have three now, but we had four because we moved her to a, a more important position. And how many engineers do you have? Uh, six. Six. So six engineers, three quota carrying reps. There's another 20 people floating around out there. What are they doing? Yeah, so we have uh, eight SDRs, so cold calling. We're a little overstaffed on those right now because we're trying to ramp them up. I don't think any of them, I think the oldest one has been there only six months. Um, uh, we have seven in customer success, that we have me, um, and then we have a couple support roles. And I, I don't know if I did the math fully correct. You're there, you're there. It's, the, okay. it's the SDRs and customer success. Do you give a group quota target to customer success in terms of expansion? Uh, not yet. Uh, we're really careful on giving quota to um, the customer success because we don't want them to just be like an extension of the sales arm. Like our like our first core value is, you know, we really care about our customers. We call our customers obsessed. And I know a lot of companies say that, but we actually live it. And so if we if we put quotas on our uh, customer success, they may uh, not act the way that we want them to act. Now we do uh, pay commissions on it because we do want to motivate it, right? And we want we we always want our employees to share in our success, but we don't be like, hey, you have to hit at least this amount this month or else, you know, there's a problem. Now, Brian, if you were hiring me as one of your sales reps that actually had quota, what would my quota be in year one? Yeah, so we have a ramp period just depending on when you get hired. So the first month it's a thousand MRR, the second month it's two thousand MRR, the third month it's three thousand MRR, and then you're then you're uh, ramped. And we have AEs that get all the way up into six or seven um, K MRR a month. So, so how much new like ARR do you want a rep to close in the first year? In the first year, let's see. 
it'd be about 30,000 MRR in the first year. Yeah, so 360 in terms of AR. And what would I earn if I hit that quota in the first year? What would my full comp be? Yeah, so we we pay really good commission to our account executives. So basically, the before quota, you get 2x MRR. So if you close, you know, 3,000, let's say you're fully ramped, and you close 3,000, that's a $6,000 um, commission check to you. If you get over um, quota, it's 3x MRR. So if you close like 5,000 MRR, you're starting to bring in a lot of money uh, on just commissions. And let's see, 5,000 would be like a $10,000 commission check if I'm doing the math right. I'm not doing the math right. Yeah. And so uh, then there's, of course, a base pay. Now, we don't pay high base, right? We really want everyone to succeed with us. And so if we aren't doing well, then no one's getting paid well. What would you pay me if I joined and I didn't close sales? Like, what would my base be probably? Um, it varies. I mean, it's around 50 K about for the base. Okay. I mean, that's still, I mean, that's not horrible. Most sales reps, I mean, 50 K base plus another 50 K 60 K in commissions. You can really earn, you know, so what do you expect a salesperson who's really good that hits quota? You think they're going to earn what? 110, 120 annually? No, if, if they're doing really good and they're over quota, they really should be over 150. Okay. Got it. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Got it. So your quota target is, you know, three, four, five X that ideally. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Now talk to me about capital. Have you bootstrapped the company or raised? Yeah, it's completely bootstrapped. Uh, uh, I only, <laughs> thanks. It's been uh, an interesting journey and it's uh, very tempting to go raise money when you're, when you, it's like, oh, it's starting to work. I should go raise. And, uh, but yeah, no, we, uh, you know, I, I've been incredibly blessed to have my father be able to like, give me a spot to work and then also be like, Hey, you don't have to work, you know, all eight hours here at the family company and come work on it. So I haven't had to do what a lot of people typically do where they're like, you know, Know, top ramen and you know complete you know devotion and whatnot. Well, did your dad invest in the company? Did he write a check into the company? It's mostly been um, like support, like you know a portion of my salary or the office space or whatnot. But once it started getting some traction and we were starting getting some paying customers, then he did put some cash in, and it was about a uh, 150 over probably a year and a half. Okay, so you could argue that you did maybe like an angel round, but it's really your dad. Yeah, yeah, basically. And this was back. But in, I don't want to minimize that. He's, you know, I again yeah, yeah. very blessed to have him. And that was back in 2017. Yeah, well, he did a little bit each month, so it wasn't like we raised one one round. It was like, hey, dad, this is starting to work. There's an opportunity to spend five grand here. You know, can we do this? And he's like, okay, let's do it. And then we, you know, we repeatedly did that. You know, some months higher than others, and so it wasn't like a typical angel fund. It was just like if I found opportunities, he's like, okay, go after it. Mm-hmm. Churn's critical, obviously, in any SaaS company. How do you think about churn today? Yeah, it's really important. Um, some of our numbers, our dollar churn is 7.8% annual, and then our net negative uh, churn is 111.28. So it's not bad, but it's also not fully ro- world class. I've heard you say on the podcast many times, 130% is uh, is world class, and so we're trying to get there. Our customer success department really is, is actually our youngest department. We only started it back in February. And so I think once that even starts paying off more, we're going to be able to see those numbers you know, go up a good amount. Yeah, so 8% annual revenue dollar churn, 19% expansion gets you to 111% net revenue retention is where you're at. Yep. And what are you spending on fully weighted CAC to get a new what is it, $4,000 ACV account? Yeah, so our CAC based in months is 9.45 and our fully weighted CAC, uh, let's see, is about 4K where we're at right now. So we probably spend about 3,000, maybe a little bit over 3,000 to get a customer. And where do you spend most of that? 
Um, so a lot of it is in the sales team. So we do spend a, a good amount on our content marketing. We probably spend close to 15 to 20K a month now on content, but that's because we're ramping it up a bunch. For a good while, for a good long time, we didn't even have a marketer. It was literally uh, me coordinating with a vendor to get all of our content written. And so we were only spending like 4K a month. So a lot of the inbound leads, we just didn't really have to spend that much. Where our CAC numbers started getting higher, where we jumped from, you know, like four or five months up to, you know, nine or even, you know, some months we fluctuate into 10 or 11 is uh, the salespeople are expensive, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, SDRs are expensive, good A's are expensive, but that that's okay. We want to share, you know, the, the success with the team. So as long as we keep the CAC under 10, I think it can be really profitable. Makes all makes a lot of sense. Now, would you consider raising like capital today or do you think you just sort of keep operating as you are and grow how fast you want? Yeah, so we're doing, um, we are getting some capital, but it's through debt. So like we just, uh, and I was going to tell you this, but we just got uh, our uh, approval to get um, about 350K from uh, a a local bank through the SBA. And so that's going to help growth. And then we have another, you know, X number of dollars lined up just on debt. So no equity. Um, And so we're going to see what we can do with that. I think over the next like six months, but if everything's doing the way that we want it to be, and it's like we're at 5 million AR by middle of next year. Um, there's probably a chance we will actually look at getting some growth capital where we can go raise at a pretty good multiple, I hope, because we are growing really fast and be able to have someone come by, you know, 10 to 20 percent of the company or whatever and be able to really use that to grow. Additionally, um, some of the founders. How much did you raise for 10 to 20 percent? <laughs> well, as much as possible, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, on, on multiples where we're looking for, I mean, it, it, it really depends where we're at middle of next year, right? Like if we get to 5 million by middle of next year, we're growing really, really fast. And that's an awesome story. And, and it's awesome traction to tell, you know, the investors, right? But if we're only at like, you know, 3.5 million, we're still growing really good, but not, it's, it's a totally different story. And based mm-hmm. on the story is, is where we'll set expectations on multiples. On the SBA loan, what, would you have to personally guarantee it? And what's the interest rate? Yeah, we did have to personally guarantee, which kind of stinks, but it's, you know, that it's really cheap. It's like interest rate is like one and a half plus prime or two and a half plus prime or something like that. I'd have to, like I'd five, have to ask five, four or 5%. Yeah. It's something like that. It's, it's so small. It's, it's, you know, it's, you know, compared to what we can turn that money into, it's, you know, it's just not a factor. Yep. All right. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, Brian, what's your favorite business book? Yeah, lean startup. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, not very closely, but I do look at uh, Bezos. Like, yep. He does great stuff. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building Limbo? Probably uh, G Suite. We use that very heavily. So docs and all, all of that, spreadsheets. Yeah. Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Six to eight, probably. That's pretty good. And situation, married, single kids? Uh, married, uh, three kids, six, four, and four. Yeah, I remember that actually. And how old are you? I'm um, 35. 35. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Uh, learn how to learn faster. I made a lot of mistakes on, like I spent five years trying to build a software company that I could have basically shrunk that all and down into like one year's worth of lessons and gotten four years back. Uh, that's a big one. Learning to sell earlier. Um, with, with like anyone that's a developer out there that's doing this, please go learn how to sell. Like the, the world of possibilities that opens up are, are insane when you have that power to build something and to sell it. 
like those two things, I wish I would have learned to sell earlier and I wish I would have learned how to learn a little bit quicker, if that makes Auto- sense. Guys, automation software for all your maintenance needs, limblecmms.com. They're doubling year over year, bootstrapped now at about $1.8 million in ARR. They're serving 470 customers. They uh, have done it basically bootstrapped outside of, outside, except outside of an angel check, $150,000 sort of angel check back in the first uh, call it year and a half. 31 people on the team today, six engineers, three quota carrying sales reps, 111% net revenue retention might do a traditional VC round mid next year if they can get up to four or five million bucks in ARR. We will see. Brian, thanks for taking us to the top. Anytime. Thank you.